This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 314. Since they're executive level leaders to get coach training once they hit a certain point, and I was in there with all these other people. And so I'm the youngest one, probably by a factor of two, you know, like most right. people are twice my age, and we're all learning how to coach at the same time. And fortunately, that was probably the best thing that could have happened because they got to see me coach. I got to coach them. They got to coach me. And after it was over, I asked some of them if they would want to take me on as a coach. And I was able to get a few of them, did good work. They introduced me to their friends and their colleagues. And so here I am at 22, a leadership coach, which is a bold move in and of itself. But I'm able to impact and work with people who are in their in director level positions and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started in the coaching game. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is wonderful to have you with us for this incredible episode today. Today, we're going to be diving into a new generation of coaches, and you're going to meet an extraordinary young man, Tim Harrison. We're going to be talking about his journey, his concept of coaching, the kinds of things that he's doing in his nonprofit. And if you stay till the end, and I certainly strongly encourage that you do, you're getting, going to get an extraordinary performance from Tim. So before we go into those details and tell you more about Tim, I just want to take a moment, and I know I've done this over the last couple episodes, but your thoughts and prayers just keep rolling in. So I want to thank all of you for the incredible love you've bestowed upon me as Myself and my family have been going through uh, the grief and loss over my sister who has passed away. I just got back from being with my family in Michigan. And I have to say that, you know, there are so many silver linings or there's so much love. There's so much that can come from love, even love through grief. And so being able to connect with my family, which is plentiful. So there were so, so many that came to celebrate Chris's life and just to be together and grieve and laugh and celebrate her life and tell stories. And And I think that there is just so much healing that can come through with storytelling about a person's life, about what they offer. And And I would just encourage all of you to think about how are you carrying your legacy forward and sharing stories and helping people grow through the stories that you tell? In general, the concept of the Star Coach Show is to help coaches really connect with what they need to do to bring their message forward and connect with the kinds of clients that they want to work with so that that ripple effects through the world and we just continue to change and grow together. And so I'm so glad that you're here today for us to be able to do that. I do invite you always to starcoachshow.com, explore the resources that we have, uh, determine if being a part of a community with 
other star coaches can help you move your business to the next level. There's certainly membership that you can explore at starcoachshow.com. We have some incredible speakers coming up in the next couple months, a couple master certified coaches who are going to be spending time with the community talking about all things coaching and being available for open Q&A. That's just one element of what we do in the Star Coach community. So when I think about people striving to be their best and taking opportunity and turning it into a thriving experience, Tim Harrison immediately comes to mind for me. Tim is one of the youngest ACC coaches that I've ever met. He is dynamic and has created a nonprofit organization called the Enjoyable Pain of Growth Academy. So it's EPOG Academy. And the mission of EPOG Academy is to make personal development a part of education. But Tim not only is the CEO of his own nonprofit that is just doing incredible things, He's also one of the youngest leadership coaches that I've ever met. He's thriving in that business. And he's going to tell his story today about how he went from potentially thinking as a 6'8 basketball player in college that he was headed towards the NBA. And instead, as many times happen, life offered a different opportunity, kind of closed one door and opened another. And he took advantage of that and made some really courageous decisions along the way. So in today's episode, you're just, I think you're just going to be awestruck by what Tim offers. And as I mentioned earlier, I really encourage you to listen to the end of our interview because he's going to give an incredible performance at the end. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to my interview with Tim Harrison. Tim Harrison, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thanks for having me. I am delighted to have you. We were connected through people that we know, which is one of those, I think that the longer you're in the coaching community, the smaller the coaching community feels because it's like everybody I know is somebody that I know. So I think that the funny thing is you were referred to me by my accountability partner, Kathy Spiro. I've worked with Kathy and we've been friends for probably 15 years now. She mm-hmm. said, you've got to talk to Tim Harrison. So I, uh, we connected. And then while we were connecting, you said, oh, I know somebody who is on your podcast this week. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that. How did, you know, you looked and there you see Catherine Brown, right? Yeah, we're connected in a lot of different ways. As we had our call and I looked at your website and I saw Kathy Brown, uh, her husband is on the board of my nonprofit and I know their family very well. And I was actually headed to their house for dinner that same night. So you got introduced to me by someone completely different. And they all ended up being all these uh, connections. So, you know, this something great has to come from it. Absolutely. Because the other funny thing about that, that very day, she was interviewing me to be on her podcast. So it's like all these intertwines. It's just, it really uh, is exciting to me the way that we're all connected somehow, some way. Yeah, the, the stars aligned. Exactly. So when we talked, one of the things that really jumped out to me is you are literally the youngest coach that I've ever met. 
I mean, like professional leadership coach, and you bring such incredible awareness and energy and focus into the field. And I was absolutely like in this place of we've got to introduce Tim to my audience. And just to kind of continue that, I had recently done an interview with Anique Clemens, who is uh, on the global ICF staff. Mm -hmm. And she had talked about how there's a trend for younger and younger people to get into coaching. We Mm -hmm. were talking about that opportunity, what ICF Global is doing to expand that, to really attract coaches of all ages. And then I was introduced to you like within a week. So this is all meant to be. And I would love to start with you sharing a little, you have a really dynamic journey that you've taken in your 24 years. So let's talk a little bit about what brought you to doing what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I originally come from San Diego, California, but I'm based out of Houston, Texas. You guys can't tell because you're either listening to my voice or I'm in this rectangle, but I'm actually six foot eight. And uh, my whole life, I played basketball. That was my thing. You can, if you're watching this, you can see my jersey in the background. But uh, like basketball was my dream. I wanted to play in the NBA. I wanted to take it as far as I could. And I was doing well. Uh, by my senior year, I was recruited by you know several different Division One teams. I was an Under Armour All-American, Adidas All-American. Then I uh, committed to Rice University on a full-ride scholarship. But after two years, I found myself riding the bench and not getting much playing time. And I also dealt with some adversity in the locker room. And then after my junior season, I, well, my junior season was ended abruptly from a meniscus tear. And it was oh. at that point that I realized that my dream to play in the NBA and the professional leagues like, started to dwindle a little bit. But I, I recognized the need to find a new dream. So around that time, I got really involved in personal development. I started reading different books on mindset, on how to take control of your future, how to think about uh, just different ways to approach the world. And at the same time, I started to study psychology at Rice. And I started to see threads that this isn't just self-help, fluffy motivation. It's like neuroscience. And there's some kind of dynamic between the two. And while I was going through this personal journey, uh, I got involved with this program called the Door Institute, where I received leadership coaching as an undergrad. And that just like catalyzed it. I was like, wow, this kind of development, I can tell is changing the trajectory of my life. And I was able to turn certain negative experiences into being a leader so I can now be an agent of change for others. And so that was my journey through college, went from like having a dream be kind of crushed and, and fail to then having this personal journey of transformation to be a leader and change agent for others. And so that journey ended with me landing a job offer in consulting at a company called Accenture. And I was excited to go. It was a a big accomplishment for me coming from a psychology background. But then I graduated in 2020 when the world had turned upside down. You and my son are in the same graduating class. Yeah. yeah, He's just at a different university. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good year. So, you know, the pandemic, right. And then all the social and racial unrest after George Floyd and Mont Arbery, we were just in a time of crisis and turmoil. And I started to really think about who did I want to be in this next phase of life? You know, we were all in quarantine, so we have plenty of time to reflect. And around that time, I came across a quote by a man named Howard Thurman, who said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who've come alive. And so that just hit me at the right time, the right moment. And I realized that my mission is to inspire and equip people to realize their potential. How can you empower people to achieve beyond what you can? And so I was familiar with coaching. 
And I started to develop an idea for a company that could help do that for others. And so I ended up turning down a six-figure job offer at 22 to take a leap of faith in the pandemic to then pursue this mission full-time, start that company and get certified as a coach. That is amazing. So a couple of things, let's fill in the gaps of a a couple of those things. First of all, as an undergrad, how was it that you got invited into the DOOR uh, program to be learning coaching with all of these leaders that were probably double your age? Yeah. So the DOOR Institute is actually accessible for undergrad. So it was other undergrads. And that's as far as me receiving coaching, but me getting trained to become a coach. Right. That's the part I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was the other part. Yeah. No worries. So that actually, you know, I went through the Door Institute and I even became an affiliate for them, helping to advance coaching for the athletes and for the club that I was, I was club president and I was trying to bring their resources. And so I got connected. And after I graduated and I started going on this journey, I wanted to get certified as a coach. And I got one random online certification, which was great. And it taught me a lot, but I learned that there's levels to accreditation. There's levels to certification. And I wanted to have the gold standard. I wanted to go through the ICF. So I reached out to them and we were able to, I was able to get into that program. Now I wasn't with other students though. So they did a program with a company called MD Anderson and MD Anderson sends their executive level leaders to get coach training once they hit a certain point. And I was in there with all these other people. And so I'm the youngest one, probably by a factor of two, you know, like most people are twice my age and we're all learning how to coach at the same time. And fortunately, that was probably the best thing that could have happened because they got to see me coach. I got to coach them. They got to coach me. And after it was over, I asked some of them if they would want to take me on as a coach. And I was able to get a few of them, did good work. They introduced me to their friends and their colleagues. And so here I am at 22, a leadership coach which is a bold move in and of itself, but I'm able to impact and work with people who are in their indirector level positions and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started in the coaching game. I just love that. I love that. And I had remembered when we were doing our exploratory call that you said you were in training with all these people that were double or triple your age, and then you engaged with them afterwards. So one of the things I absolutely love about that story, well, there's many things I love about that. I love your determination. I love your drive. I love your belief in yourself. I also love the fact that that really exhibits that when we engage in the process of coaching and we stay true to that, we don't have to have been in in a director position ourselves to be able to, to coach a director or to, you know, your 24 year old who has had many life experiences, but I'm sure very different than several of the people that you coached. So, you know, I will often hit a barrier with some of the coaches that I coach around, but I've never done this particular thing, or I've never been in this particular place. And I would say, well, either was Tim Harrison and look what he's doing now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it teaches you one humility through curiosity. Like, I don't know. And like, as a coach, it's not our job to know. As soon as we think we know, we start to steer them in a certain direction. And so come from a place of curiosity. You know, I may not be familiar with how the department works, but then it's also, it teaches you to really hone in on principle. Even if I hadn't been in this circumstance, there are certain principles of psychology. There are certain principles of leadership that I think I lean on more. I understand uh, my background is in psychology. I've done psychology research. And so I do understand certain things and my training as a coach helps, but being agnostic to the situation allows for an open curiosity that can sometimes simplify things that if you're very in the weeds, you can't see. 
And even now when I take on clients who have started a nonprofit or who are trying to get something started, which is something that I've done, I find I have to actually work a little bit extra hard to detach myself and to not over-identify because like, oh, 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 I went through that. Uh, let me, oh yeah, I know exactly what helped me in there. It's like, no, no, context. There's a different. Now you can draw on that to know which questions to ask and which not, but I think it really teaches you to hone in on the art of coaching and hone in on that core philosophy that people are whole, creative, and resourceful. They have the right solution for themselves. Love that. Another gap we're going to fill in from what you yeah. said with all that great information is you let you said, no, I'm not going to take this job that's going mm-hmm. to guarantee six figures at 22. I'm going to do my own thing. Tell us a little bit more about what that was and what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. In the the thing that I call it is like purpose. I felt like I was approaching what I was meant to do and who I was meant to be. There were so many things that led up to that and just the state of the world and the internal reflection that I was doing that I had this deep sense that there's something that I'm called to do and that I am meant to do and that I am uniquely wired to do. And that was emerging from me in the middle of a crisis in a way that it would be this is my greatest contribution. And I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew it was there and I knew it was in this direction. This is nothing against Accenture or consulting. Like oh, I no. was no, 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 no. That, to get that offer. I think I would have loved it. I thought it would have been great. However, I came across this thing and I knew for a fact that if I ignore this, I will always know. And I believe that some games you only get to play if you're two feet in. And so it just so worked out that you know, I was, I started the idea for Epoch Academy, my nonprofit, and I started to build it. And I was thinking that I was going to do part-time here, part-time there. The more I pursued it, I started to come alive. I started to get connected with different people. And I even had a business partner who walked away from his job because he wanted to be part of it. And so I was in the state where I had to choose. And uh, I remember my start date would have been September 14th. And so I call that now my leap day, because that's what would have been the day I started that one. It just passed a few weeks ago at the time yeah. of this recording. And so uh, for me, it was really about being two feet in on my purpose to figure that out. But I also think it's the path of maximum development. It's also about mastery. If I throw myself in an uncertain circumstance, I have to figure it out. I don't have a backup plan. I don't have any other way to. And so I have to lean in in a way that wouldn't be possible otherwise. And I think that this accelerated my development in certain things because in some ways it was sink or swim. And it's exhilarating and it's fun. I don't know if I would do it again right now, but I'm so glad I did. I think it's probably one of the best decisions I've made. So courageous. So tell us more about the nonprofit or not-for-profit that you created. Yeah. So the name of it is EPOG Academy. EPOG, that's E-P-O-G, and it stands for the Enjoyable Pain of Growth. And so our whole mission is to make personal development part of education because education is more than just academics. It's not just math, science, and reading that determine whether or not you live a full life and you thrive and be successful. Especially in a time of accelerated change, we need to equip people with tools to be able to navigate, to be able to create change in their life, and to be able to adjust to a variety of circumstances. And so what we do is we focus on that internal component. And the other part of our mission is that we make it accessible to high school students and underserved communities who are systemically underinvested in. Uh, We believe that talent is evenly distributed, but opportunity isn't. So how can you have high quality resources that cultivate that component within people and then measure the results? So the way we enact that is we do that through professional leadership coaching. So we have ICF certified coaches who dedicate some of their time to meet one-on-one with these emerging leaders in these underserved 
communities. And then we take them through a personal development toolkit that helps them develop their personal power. And so personal power is our quote unquote curriculum, right? If personal development is part of education, what are the core subjects? And it spells power. Power stands for purpose, ownership, wisdom, execution, and resilience. So power, how do you become personally powerful um, from a psychological and internal perspective? And so the way you can think about it is through the lens of a road trip. These, these students, they're teens, right? And when you're turning 15, 16, what else is going on in your life? You're likely learning to drive. You're learning how to be autonomous. And so we use that metaphor. And so purpose is your destination. Where are you going? Who do you want to become? And why does that matter? What's important to you? Ownership is all about what's your vehicle, right? What are your skills? What are your strengths? What makes you uniquely you? What is your personality? Increasing that self-awareness. Then wisdom, that's the W in power. That's all about your GPS, your goals, pathways, and then, and then your uh, schedule. So what are your goals? What, how are you going to get there? And then when are you going to do what, right? How do you actually navigate? Execution, that's the E in power. That's all about doing the work, driving to get the results, putting plans into action, and then reflecting to see how did that go? And then the R in power is resilience. And that's about how do you stay the course? What are the personal resources and social resources that are going to fuel my tank so I can sustain it over time? So we help students increase their power through professional leadership coaching and personal development. I am blown away. Such incredible work that you've done. And I guess, you know, one of the things that comes up for me, Tim, is you had to put a lot of pieces together to make this happen, to to build a business as a leadership coach, to uh, create this not-for-profit and enjoyable pain of growth. Just love Mm -hmm. that. Um, So what are some of the barriers that you saw ahead of you and how did you move past them? Yeah, that's a good question. I like to focus on the opportunities and then problem solve to make the solution happen rather than focus on the barriers. So I'm aware of them, but I choose to look at the space in between, not the obstacle. And so for me, one of the quotes that I live by is by a psychologist named Jordan Peterson. And he says, you accrue incremental wisdom as you implement your flawed plan, right? You accrue incremental wisdom as you implement your flawed plan. And so for me, it was understanding that I'm limited in my knowledge, experience, and information. And that no matter how much I learn, I could read a book every day, all day for the rest of my life. And I would die with more that I don't know than what I do know. So just come to terms with the fact of your own ignorance and have a mindset of curiosity and openness, right? (laughs) You can learn from anywhere. Do not discriminate where you learn from. So it's like that mindset of being coachable myself, right? Then it's about, okay, well, let me set an informed plan. And as I execute it, have your eyes wide open pay attention, surround yourself with good people who are going to inform you, who have had the experiences, know when to listen, know when to double down on your intuition and be able to move forward consistently, taking consistent action. But then, you know, it's the power principle, really. Like that's literally, I try to embody that, but it's really about having a mindset of openness, curiosity, understanding that the plan that you have is wrong and that's enough. That's okay if you're willing to learn and if you're willing to execute. And so it's really about having that core mindset that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it no matter what. I am so stubborn on my mission. I'm so stubborn on the result, but I'm going to be flexible on the method. And I'm willing to surround myself with people who are smarter than me and I'm willing to listen. But I also have the courage to know when to disagree with someone who might be an expert at it. But I just, I know maybe there's something that they don't see. So it's about being able to discern which is which and having good people around you. 
Well, and that piece of having good people around you is what really came up for me while you were talking. I often tell to anybody who will listen, but primarily coaches that, you know, anybody who's truly successful, truly bringing their impact to the world doesn't do it alone. We need a a community. We need a, a group. And I'm sure your energy is so magnetic. How is your mission made easier, perhaps, and maybe not easier is the right word, with the people that you attract to you to help you in driving this mission forward? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it makes it easier. I would say it makes it possible. Because <laughs> like, first of all, this is a nonprofit, right? And as you first get started, you are completely dependent upon others' donations. And so we'll talk about, you know, going from I would have had, you know, an abundant salary and whatnot to now I'm in a position where the success of this depends on other people's generosity. And so even that itself was an internal battle that you have to go through, but it's really humbling and understanding that you cannot do it alone. You need other people, right? We didn't take the salary out the first year of it. And so every, all the labor that was done, pretty much almost everything that was done was done pro bono on a volunteer basis. People didn't have to do this. They had their own jobs. They had their own things to worry about. So it really taught me like, how do you understand people? What motivates them to compel them, to help them be part of something that you want to build, especially as it's getting started because you don't have the resources or bandwidth to do it on your own. And so what it taught me is one is that people are tired of being asked the least. People are dying for something, for a reason to strive and rise to the occasion. I thought that when we asked people to donate or to volunteer, that I was like asking them a favor and like I was kind of like old in one, but like people were fired up. They're like, yes, I want to do this because it's meaningful. Because when people feel like the work they do makes a real difference, they come alive and it unlocks parts of them that aren't accessible if you're coasting, right? And so that's one thing I learned about people. And the other is, is just about um, empowering others. I think when you start something and it's early and it's young, it's like your baby. And it's so easy to want to have your hands around it. Like, oh, you know, I remember I was so sensitive to any kind of criticism early on that I I blocked myself from seeing certain things. But as I got more secure and confident, and as we grew, I started to loosen up that grip and allow other people to get their hands on it. And when that happened, I saw it blow up and I was like, okay, cool. I'm getting in my way and overloading myself with work. And the pathway is to empower others. And that requires a relinquishment of control, right? And so it's really about managing those intentions. Is this about significance or is this about impact? And if it's about impact, it's not about me. It's not about ego. It's not about me over and over again. And that's something that you continually have to work on. So um, one, people are dying to, sh- to rise to the occasion. And then the second is empower people, get out of your own way. So as I was listening to you talk about your experience of growth and in eliciting awareness within yourself and stepping into the space to really allow your baby to grow and thrive, I just kept thinking, and this is what we do with our clients as well. So one of the things you had said earlier about the more you knew about something, the more you had to be aware of not getting in your own way in coaching or not getting in the way of coaching. Absolutely. When we are coaching things that are near and dear to our heart, we're like, oh, I could, yeah, I know how. And, and, and so it takes more self-discipline. Uh, and yet, what has this journey over the last, how long has your nonprofit been operating? Two years and about four months. That's what I thought. It's a toddler. <laughs> 
what has that experience added to your growth as a coach? It's been my growth as a coach in a way. I think that coaching is such a personal journey that, uh, and it's such a gift to be a coach because your personal development becomes your professional development. So as you overcome these little battles that you have, you open up your perspective to be able to help others in that too. Now, that's not the same with having the same experience, but it does give you insight into understanding what's going on under the hood when certain dynamics come up, right? Because there's certain patterns in human behavior, no matter what level you're at. But I think one, it also gives me credibility too. I think it's one thing if I'm just a self-proclaimed leadership coach and trying to coach these executives and whatnot, but like, I know the weight that you feel when the things you do determine whether or not your baby is going to survive or, you know, not. And so like, I understand the weight and the level of loneliness that can come from sitting in that chair. And so there's certain like archetypal things that are true about leadership that allow me to not only just speak to and speak from theory, but to be able to feel and understand and resonate and to know what are the things that help me get out of that too, without over-identifying with it and trying to prescribe what they need. But I think it allows you to come from a place of credibility and like being able to speak the language and when you talk to them, they know that you get it rather than you're telling them what to do. They know that you get it. People want to feel understood. So I think that's what it's helped in my own coaching, you know, and I receive coaching as well. So I, I'm a practitioner of the sport I play. So I think that it also helps me know how valuable coaching is in my own journey because I receive it and I know what they're doing <laughs> while they're coaching me. Right. Uh, but, but it doesn't still, stop it from being effective, right? Not at all. It even helps because it, it even exactly. helps because you know, you can kind of see, oh, wait, I've had a blind spot there. I didn't realize that, but the coach held up that mirror for me. And so when I hear, I am continually amazed at how weirded out people get when I say, oh yeah, my coach and I, it's like, you're a coach and you have a coach. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. So, so, and I'm continually kind of challenging mm -hmm. the audience here. If you're a coach and you really believe what you do, then you want to be a participant in it as well and grow because yep. you see it from a different lens when you're receiving than when you're giving. Yep. And you recognize the value of it, right? It's very hard to like, does a doctor go to the doctor? Yeah. Does the dentist go to the dentist? Like, I hope so. Tell you much yep. about their esteem of their own profession if they're not, if they don't actually receive it too, if they don't actually invest in it, it's like, why? So, so yeah. good. So, Tim, we had talked about so many things in our exploratory call and you are absolutely just, well, you're, you're magnetic, you exude energy, you exude passion for what you do. I'm sure everybody is just eating this up with a spoon, like amazed by you. I guess my question for you is what have we left on the table that you, you still wanted to be able to share with the audience to let them know more about you? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. I think that a lot of it is just about you know, that core mission to inspire and equip people to realize their potential. I think the importance of having a mission and the importance of having like some kind of bottom line that you're striving for. For me, like when you start something, when you take a leap, like there's a lot of chaos and a lot of things can move. And if you don't have an anchor or a essential aim that you can go back to, then I think that it's easy to get lost and it's easy to get caught in the current fad. And so I mean, that's, that's one thing that I think was, was very central for me, like in addition to me being rooted in my faith, just being able to have something that's beyond yourself. There's a cost to not having that. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the one thing we didn't mention is I also do spoken word poetry. And so that's mm -hmm. another way that I go about trying to execute my mission is through um, inspiring people through words, inspire people to come alive 
through telling stories that evoke awareness. This is one of the coaching competencies. I think poetry is one of the best ways in art in general to evoke awareness of what's unconscious. So that's something that I also do to execute my mission. Do you have anything available you could share? Yeah, I do. Huh? Let me give some thought to which one. You know, I have one that I do called Final Slumber. I'm open to doing it right now if we can. I would love it. Okay. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I'm on my back in a casket, looking up at loved ones as they come to the front and pass. Wish I could reach out and hug, but I can't because my time is up. Was it well spent? Am I hell bent? Or am I headed to heaven? I'm listening close to the words of the reverend. What is he saying? I can't hear. I try to move, but my body stays still. Matter of fact, how did I even get here? Wait, I'm scared. They close the casket. Now I'm getting carried. My paw bears shedding tears. We head to the cemetery. I can't believe this is happening already. I'm barely getting started. Haven't even gotten married. Now my name is in an obituary with commentary about what I did during the time that I was here. I feel my body drop. I think I'm getting buried. Oh my gosh. What about my parents and my bro? So sad they had to see me go. Blow out the nose and then throw in a rose. Wishing that I rose up from this hole to come home, but no. Dearly departed, I know that you hear me calling God, but once you answer, I'm asking, how'd you let this happen? I'm trapped in this casket. There's no coming back and it's tragic. I'm held captive, but you're the captain, right? Will you let me postpone the afterlife at least to say goodbye? Can I buy some time? I promise I'll be a good guy. Lord, why? But then I open my eyes and to my surprise, I'm here in my sheets. It was just a dream. But that made me think. I wonder what they're going to say when I'm dead and gone. Will I ever get it right? Will I live my whole life wrong? I'm asking what they're going to say. Lay up in the casket on that day. If my body's made of ashes. What they're going to say. Wonder what they're going to say. So now I'm sitting in my bed. All these thoughts in my head. Man, I really thought I was dead. But then I woke up. Guess I get to do it again. Repented for my sins. Thank God I got my second chance. But it made me take a glance at my life. I had an existential crisis. Like, who am I if not defined by these things on my driver's license, my height, my name, my race, my age, my face, and why do I exist? Is my purpose just to get rich, drive a nice whip, and live in a big crib with a wife, kids, and a picket fence? I'm convinced there's more to it than this. I want to make a difference. I want to sow seeds so... Others could reap the benefits. Life is short and is limited. So in the finite minutes that I've been given, I strive to reach my limits. Why? Are so many satisfied? We're just getting by. I want to thrive, fly. My limits in the sky. The day you die, you don't get to decide. I got no time for strife. Put the beef to the side because I realize that life is all about purpose. And it's also full of pain. So find what makes it worth it. I got everything to gain, so I keep working. You got to have faith because it ain't certain. I wonder what they're going to say when I'm dead and gone. Will I ever get it right? Will I live my whole life wrong? I'm asking what they're going to say. I lay up in the casket on that day. Bodies made of ashes. What they're going to say. Wonder what they're going to say. Final slumber. (laughs) That was beautiful. I feel so honored that you shared it with us. Well, thank you for the invitation. Tim Harrison, thank you for being a part of the show. Yep. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. And uh, 
Yep. Oh, you know what? Actually, before we close off, you was so uh, breathless from your beautiful performance. I almost forgot to ask, how can people learn more about you? We're going to have links for you in the show notes, but what's a great way to to connect with and know about the work that Tim Harrison's doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm most active on LinkedIn. You can find me at Tim Harrison. I'm, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. Our, the name of the nonprofit is the Enjoyable Pain of Growth Academy, EPOG Academy. That's E-P-O-G Academy. EPOGacademy.org is where you can find us. Um, and if any of the things that I said resonated with you, if you are someone who is uh, living, striving to live a life in alignment with your purpose, maybe you're founding something, whether it's a nonprofit or a smaller initiative, I'd love to get to know you. So let me know you found me from the STAR podcast. Um, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. I'd love to offer you a complimentary coaching session just because you heard of me here. So don't be afraid to reach out. I'd, I'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much. I promise that was going to be something special, and it certainly was. If you'd like to know more about Tim Harrison and the work that he does, go to starcoachshow.com slash 314, starcoachshow.com slash 314, and you'll find the links to connect with Tim in the show notes. Tim's conversation with me continues for the membership community, where we talk about how he responds to self-doubt. And I got to tell you, his answer to that is equally impressive. Uh, If you want to know more about the Star Coach member community, check it out at starcoachshow.com. Now, you want to absolutely be sure to come back next week where I am interviewing a real legend of the coaching community. Dr. Patrick Williams is joining me. He's a master certified coach. He has been with in the coaching world for decades and has many books. And we're going to be talking about taking clients deeper in our coaching. So that is something you are not going to want to miss. And if you're enjoying the show, please share it with other coaches. Leave a rate and review wherever you listen. The more rates and reviews we get, the more interest we get brought to the show. And I really want coaches to be able to access these incredible guests. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.